Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. If freaking Swim Swam could claim ESPN (laughs) is ripping up their ACC deal... With SI's Pat Forty. There's no clear path for them to the Big Ten. If the Big Ten really wanted them, they would have them now. Here's Pat and Dan. Uh, welcome to the pod, and we're getting into the uh we're getting into the good stuff now, Pat. Uh no other authority, no less of an authority, I should say. Then Swim Swam is weighing in. Our friends. Friend of the pod, Swim Swam. Your favorite media outlet, Swim Swam, Braden Keith, claiming source, sources. <laughs> North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia are all negotiating to join the SEC. ESPN is trying to void their TV deal with the ACC. Uh, yeah. This is from Swim Swam, sources. Pat? if In the, in the pantheon of great, media sources coming out of left field to report on things. If Swim Slam gets this right, it would be truly, Dan, the greatest thing since sliced bread. Ah, sliced bread, yeah. <laughs> Where's sliced bread? Is this the sliced bread of realignment? Yeah, this is, we 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 had Sir, the Sir Yacht of the uh, pandemic. We had sliced yeah, bread one. of NIL, and now we have Swim Swam, swim swam. On, the, on, the real, on realignment. Um, yeah, not buying this at all. Doesn't make any sense. No, why, why, why would ESPN, would ESPN has a sweetheart deal yeah. with the ACC? Why would they give that up? Why would you possibly void an incredibly adva- advantageous contract? There's no negotiating to join the SEC. The SEC either says yes or no. I find Virginia over Miami dubious. There's well, a lot of problems with this report. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I think there's people that would Maybe line Virginia. up to block Miami right now. Why do you think that? So the SEC, SEC is not. Oh, come on. Have you heard about Miami's recruiting lately? <laughs> I'm They're just saying. Well. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Well, what? Uh, people are upset. How are they doing bread? it? How are, are they doing sli- it? Sliced bread says it's on the up and up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am. I am. Here to tell you that if Miami came in today and said, we'd like to join the SEC, there would be schools coming out of the woodwork to, like, line the border around Dade County to keep them in. They're like, no, you're not joining our league. All right, maybe. Florida certainly would not be too excited. Yeah, this whole, I don't, I mean, I don't, yeah, this is where we're at. I wouldn't have repeated it except it was Swim Swam. (laughs) No, that's what made it fun. (laughs) But the fact, like, again, though, 
Somebody puts it out there, and it's like the thing has had thousands of retweets. Of course. Like, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's swimming that figures it out. I mean, maybe. I, I mean, it's just there's just not the TV deal part is the is among other. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not. This isn't happening. Uh, I will. I will gladly be wrong. Swim Swam can dunk if, me under. Absolutely. If if Swim Swam is right, they will deserve an incredible victory lap. This is kind of where we're at, though. Yeah. Uh, nothing's been happening. There's a lot of talk. And so you can kind of throw anything. And then, I I mean, if you tweet like, I'm hearing, <laughs> uh, you can hear anything. Yeah, right. I, I know, like you, my, I hear a lot every single day. Yeah. Right. And then I have a lot of the people that I'm hearing telling me what they're hearing. They go, what are you hearing? Yeah. This is where we're at, though. Everyone's panicked. A lot of action around this whole Pac-12, Big 12, right? This is uh, the ACC is locked in. I don't just don't see how this is. Uh, no offense, swim swam. <laughs> There's also the bit of the other ACC schools going along with this, too. Right. Like, hey, we're going to blow up your ACC, your your deal and let all the good schools out. Yeah. And what, like Wake Forest is like, yeah, sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boston College. Yes. Sign me up for Please that leave incredibly bad turn of events. Georgia Tech. Yeah. Anyone. Virginia mm-hmm. Tech's in favor. No. Duke. Oh, Carolina, we didn't need you anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, not so there's that. All right. However, the the, the big thing here is is can can the Pac-12 survive? Can can the Big 12 peel off some of these schools? Look, Oregon and Washington want out to the Big 10. Everyone will go to the Big 10. You have 10 schools left in the Pac-12. Can they just maintain themselves at 10? Or can the Big 12 realistically say, "Hey, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, come join us. We're better. We're a better fit for you. Maybe even pare that down and not include Oregon and Washington and say, look, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and uh, and Colorado, we fit geographically, we fit more culturally. You can come play football in a conference that cares about football um, because a lot of the Pac-12 doesn't. Um, we're stable. This is your spot. Do you think, Pat, that argument by the Big 12 carries any weight and, and actually maybe wins the day and gets at least four, if not all six of them, to jump? Or is, is just staying put as a Pac-12 enough? My guess is that it's not enough, that I, I don't think making a lateral move for lateral money to the Big 12 is enough for those teams to leave. I think especially if the Pac-12 can, you know, pull off some things here to make their media rights renegotiation, which they have started, uh, more profitable. Now, it's obviously not going to be as profitable as it was when you had USC and UCLA in the LA market, but but you can do some things, including Ross Dellinger and I wrote a story yesterday about a potential, uh, but loosely defined at this point. So I'll get I'll get to that, yeah. Okay. Good. We're going to get to that more TV th- agreement. Yeah. So, but just vis-a-vis the, those schools going to the Big 12, no, I mean, like Oregon and Washington don't really want to go there. They want to go to the Big 10, but there is no clear path for them to the Big 10. If the Big 10 really wanted them, they would have them now because they would like to go. So the Big 10 is, I think, very much wait and see. We'd like Notre Dame. We would maybe like North Carolina and Notre Dame. Uh, and then we would maybe talk about Oregon and Washington. So the Oregon and Washington don't have what they want, which is Big 10. So what's second best for them? Staying in the Pac-12 or going to the Big 12? 
They're probably looking and saying, eh, Pac-12 makes more sense geographically, keeps us recruiting on the West Coast where we've done extremely well. What exactly do we get out of going into the Big 12? Is it enough of a gain? Eh. And then I think the Arizona schools and Utah and Colorado have to say the same thing. And we, in, in the course of reporting that story yesterday, we got a lot of pushback on the premise that there's serious talks or advanced negotiations or that's close to happening with the Big 12 and the Pac-12. I'm not right. saying it's dead uh, at all, but I, I don't think it's like imminent as some people were portraying. I think that was maybe a Big 12 wishful thinking sort of interpretation of the situation. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing um, always in, in any of these types of stories is one's thinking, hey, it's close. They're, they're serious. And the other side's like, yeah, not really. Right. Uh, we listened, right? And if you're sitting at any of these schools right now, pretty much, you listen if someone calls. So a couple things on it. One, Oregon and Washington, I don't think are just like imminent to the Big Ten or even long-term to the Big Ten. Right, right. Let's say Notre Dame does want to go to the Big Ten. Couldn't the Big Ten just add one more school? And wouldn't would they consider adding Stanford? Yeah. And getting I mean, into the to the to the San Francisco market, not so much for the TV numbers, but for the recruiting and the the corporate interests and the students and all that, and pair yourself with Stanford. Couldn't Notre Dame say as part of a condition of us going, we want Stanford? Yeah. Yeah, Notre Dame I've, is going to have a little juice here. Absolutely. Yes, Notre, Notre Dame, again, still is sitting in the ideal spot in terms of if there's going to be further expansion, realignment. Right. So this is the other team in the West Coast we play every year. We want Stanford. Mm -hmm. Take us both. What university president wouldn't go for that? Oregon and Washington. I say this with all the respect I can. You know, these are hard conversations because... Oregon football program is terrific. Yeah. But I don't know the Big Ten needs. They don't need that necessarily. Purely for football, yes. It's not as big of a state. It's not, it's just not as as pure, as purely obvious as maybe it looks at first shot. And I think that's an issue with it. And so I don't know if the Big Ten ever takes them. Right. Uh maybe, maybe. But what I'm hearing is, you know, like we got 16. We're waiting on Notre Dame. You don't necessarily have to just jump to 20. We're not sure any of these guys are going anywhere. And so, you know, they're not going to, Big Ten's not going to make a move because they're scared of the Big 12. But obviously, it'd be a big, big get for the Big 12. So I, I just think that the idea of Notre Dame, Stanford, to me, makes more sense than Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington. That's that's a little bit what I'm hearing. But again, yeah, eh, hear a lot of stuff. But that one really made sense to me. Here's the thing about the Big 12. Now, the Big 12, if they could get even four of the Pac-12 teams, but let alone six, uh, not only do they add some really good brands, and, and Oregon, Washington would be tremendous for the Big, Big 12, but Utah certainly fits very well in there. And the Arizona, you add, you add value to your thing. But a little like we discussed, whatever, last week, I think, some one of these, one of these days we did this. <laughs> yeah. The Big 10's TV value went up, not just by adding two Pac-12 schools, but eliminating the Pac-12 as a viable plan B option. Correct. And making themselves more desirable by supply and demand. Mm -hmm. And not only do they increase the demand, but they decrease the supply. Yes. To where it's just that. The Big 12 would, the best thing the Big 12 could do, because right now there's three TV deals coming up. Big 10, that is plan A all the way. 
Then there's these two other ones, Pac-12 and, and Big 12 for the other leagues to bid on, including ESPN. Well, if you eliminate one, if you burn down the other house, now you're the last house. So again, supply and demand, the Big 12 could would get more money, not just by adding the markets they add and the fan bases they add, but eliminating competition. So right. this would be very big. And, you know, maybe you sit there and say to, to Oregon and Washington, come with us. But if you want to leave, if the Big Ten ever calls, you can go. Sure. You offer them a a codicil in the contract that says if, if if you have an out to the Big Ten, we will release you from your grant of rights. Come. Yes. Come sign a 10 year deal with us. But any Big Ten wants any of you guys, you have a, have an out. And maybe that is the kind of contingency. And again, these are just all going to be wild negotiations at this point that maybe the Big 12 can get them and either, even if they don't, if nothing else, they get the immediate bump of we're the only game in town to bid on after the Big 10 and someone like the S- like CBS is going to do it. Or you bank on the Big 10 never taking it. Right. Maybe that's enough to destabilize the Pac-12. I don't know. Right now, it doesn't look too destabilized. But yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do think, first of all, there is some faith in George Kliakoff, the commissioner, in terms of him putting putting a big brain to work proactively and coming up with something that can be at least viable uh, for the Pac-12. So I, I think there's much more belief in the commissioner of the Pac-12 right now than there was in the previous commissioner. That you know, like, is 100% true, yeah. Yeah, like... George might be able to come up with something here. And so I think, you know, if you're Oregon, you're Washington, everybody else, Arizona, Arizona State, like, okay, let's see what George can do here. We don't have to, we do not have to go rushing to the Big 12 right now. Let's we do wait. not. Yeah, let's wait and see, see what George can come up with. Uh, they can look at their own alternatives in terms of, do we want, there's been some talk about add San Diego State, add SMU, get yourself back into the SoCal market with the Aztecs. We're building a new stadium. SMU, I've always kind of thought i know look here's the one problem one thing that people often miss when discussing tv market size is what share of the market do they get dallas is first of all a cowboys market secondly it's probably a texas market third it's probably a and m you know and then you get baylor and so like smu's well down the list in the dfw metroplex in terms of what people are watching but the Pac-12 has no presence in Texas. You want to play in Texas. You want to recruit in Texas. SMU, I think, could be an attractive team. You get to 12 with those two. You maybe even talk them into taking a lesser deal to join the league. There's also um, UNLV. There's UNLV, and, absolutely. And Las Vegas is a possibility. But I actually think the Pac-12 sits at, at 10. They could. No, that's, that's yes. back to could. the Pac-10 and says, so let's get to this deal. You, 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 got, you and Ross uh, Dellinger wrote, on uh on a what Wednesday night? Uh yeah. So the the proposal, an ACC Pac-12 broadcasting partnership. One of the issues that the Pac-12 has, the Pac-12 network, is it just doesn't have much carriage on the West Coast. If you're in the SEC networks everywhere, Big Ten networks everywhere, but especially if you're in those those markets, and they were able to do that twofold. One by partnering in the Big Ten's case with Fox, the SEC and ACC networks uh, uh, way ESPN, established cable brands who are able to navigate this and then play off the passion of that city and or that state and those teams. So 
if you're a cable provider and you do not offer the SEC network in Alabama, you're going to get extraordinary numbers of cancellations. And they had to go, you know, it was like hand-to-hand combat at the beginning, right? Yeah. They, they'd, yeah. Purposely, they'd purposely put an Indiana basketball game on the Big Ten network so all the people would call up Comcast right. and yell in Indiana. Sure. Hey, that wasn't uh, Michigan-Appalachian State the first football game on the Big Ten network? I believe it was. I believe it was. And that's the last time they ever showed it. It's not not on Greatest Hits Night. No. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) One thing about the Big Ten, I love when they show like Rutgers Night or like Nebraska Night and they show all these games. I can't wait for UCLA night and we see like Bill Walton playing basketball and stuff. Yeah. See him running the wishbone in 1970s with John Shara. Yeah. Yeah. Great nights in Big Ten history. Bill Walton. Mm -hmm. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Reggie Bush. Anyway, back to this. So the Pac-12, you can't see the games. Uh, People have to subscribe. There aren't enough numbers. The ACC network, I believe, has better carriage in the the West Coast markets than the Pac-12, which, of course, doesn't. The ultimate damnation of the Pac-12 network and Larry Scott. Much the damnation. So the deal you guys are are reporting here suggests that the ACC... (laughs) Uh, broadcast Pac-12 games to West Coast households through ESPN cable providers. The agreement is not a merger or consolidation of the leagues, but it is instead built around a media rights agreement with the worldwide leader in sport. So because of this, games would be put, the Pac-12 would get a little bit more carriage and uh, presumably some money. The ACC would get some money. They would also potentially come up with a scheduling arrangement I believe, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you could play each other. They were going to do in the Alliance, but then yeah. the Alliance went from three to two. Yeah. This is the new Alliance. The slim down Alliance. The that might actually alliance. be allied. These two might actually be able to have an Alliance. There's been talk of maybe a championship game between the Pac-12 and ACC in Las Vegas every year, which would give them the de facto playoff game that they should have had if they had just accepted the playoff plan. Correct. So it is a way for the Pac-12 to get more money and more coverage, and it is a way for the ACC to basically rent out its network and then add a game and get some more money, but not enough that the ESPN deal is opened and everyone runs because they're not going to give their comes in Florida State aren't giving their, their grant of rights again through 2036. So there it's a way go. for the ACC to thread the needle and the Pac-12 to thread the needle. And is it great? No. But is it a little bit better? Yeah, I guess. Is that? Yeah. Am I accurately describing this story? I think that's a pretty good description. Yeah. As a, Considering this is all... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is highly theoretical. Let's put it that way. You know, people I talked to were like, we need, we need a lot more detail about how this is going to work monetarily scheduling logistically everything so you know there, there's a lot to to churn through i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's likely i wouldn't say it's unlikely i would just say it's one of the options out there that at least has everybody's attention in both leagues so they're looking at it kliakoff and jim phillips have a good relationship especially now as as george kliakoff is bleeding from the knife wound in his back left by kevin warren Jim Phillips is there to, you know, sling him over his shoulder and carry him to first aid. 
So they're at least they they've got that much going for each other together. They both need some help in terms of solidifying. You're absolutely right that the ACC wants to help its members, but not help them to the point that the that the contract can be renegotiated. When they break the contract, everybody starts running for the hills, theoretically, at least. You know, Clemson and Florida State and North Carolina and Virginia and possibly Miami start, you know, banging on everybody else's door saying, will you take us in? So it's a very tricky negotiation here. But that, you know, the the combination of unrest, I think, in the ACC and also frustration with the, the decade plus of limbo that's still ahead from a uh, revenue standpoint has led them to like, yeah, we got to try something. You know, we've got to we got to try to get creative here. And obviously the Pac-12 is in the same position. And the Pac-12 not only has to get creative, but they've, they've got to try to keep the Big 12 at bay, as we previously just discussed. So uh, it is a fascinating dance going on uh, while the Big 10 and the SEC just sit back and are counting their money and trying to decide, eyeballing each other to say who's doing what next. Who wants the kill? Who wants the kill shot? Yeah, yeah, the next skill shot. I was gonna go um, with more. It's more of like an awkward, like seventh grade dance where they're like, "Who's gonna dance with who? Do I go talk to this girl? Uh, is Notre Dame gonna go talk to him? Because if they're not, then we're gonna slide right in." You know, yeah, yeah. Notre Dame ain't talking. Leave room for the Holy Ghost. That's right. That's what Notre Dame said. <laughs> Let's not get too close now, people. That's right. Yeah. Notre Dame is definitely dancing at Holy Ghost length right now. Yeah. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my guess is that ESPN wants the Pac-12 to exist, or at least they want the rights to that for the TV windows. You know, ACC Big 12 kind of challenge if you did something like that in, in scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly would be somewhat interesting. Uh, although I think if you're ACC schools, you got to go out and play the hardest schedule you can at this point. Well, and that's something else that was uh, proposed to me that, you know, like among the, the things the ACC was blue skying about, you know, how do we enhance our rights package is an agreement to pay play nothing but power five schools. You pay t- play 12 power fives, you play, you know, nine or 10 league games and you only schedule other power fives. And then you've, you're at least putting more attractive TV inventory out on a weekly basis. Would they get more money out of ESPN for that? I don't know. I, I had one person say that there were TV execs who thought that would move the needle, but that would also fall into the category of how much, right? What's a, a move that makes it a game-changing idea? We don't know. He also, and look, I, I focus a lot on the playoff, but we don't know what the playoff will be or if it will no. be. No, we don't. Here- so 2026... Yeah, we don't. We just it could be anything. There could be no playoffs. It's it's not a rolling thing. They have to create a new playoff. Strength of schedule could mean everything. That would be a way for the Big Ten and SEC to to stack the deck in their favor. Yeah, absolutely. I had uh, someone who very involved in all of this stuff propose a a very interesting scenario to me two days ago. That you know, because we were talking, about what would the playoff be? And I said, well, you, you walk into the room. And Greg Sankey and Kevin Warren say, listen up, bozos. Here's how we are going to do it, and you are going to go along with it. And it's 12 teams, and we are, each of us are taking four. All right? We're taking four each because we have the best conferences. 
And we are going to determine our four, not with a selection committee, but with our own little playoff. We're going to take, you know, whether it's four teams that make a semifinal and then champion or semi, or we may determine them by just simply record. Who are our best four records? And we'll have tiebreakers. Either way, eight of the 12 spots go to the SEC and the Big Ten. Maybe the Pac-12, maybe the ACC, maybe the Big 12 all get a spot. But Notre Dame's also get a spot, got to get a spot. And then there's the question, what do you do with the group of five? So the math doesn't quite work out completely, but I do think that they walk in and say, we are coming up with a way. We're going to do away with a selection committee that actually selects teams. We might seed them, something like that, but we're going to, we're going to find a different way to pick them, and we are getting most of the bids. Or they could, they could have the, the selection committee just pick, pick the other four spots. Right. Or like I said, they could say, this is the criteria. You have a certain strength of schedule. I mean, you can run these numbers quicker. Sure. You have to have this strength of schedule. They're going to have a, a bigger strength of schedule. It's the what they basically do in the men's basketball tournament, um, but they could turn that on steroids. So, you know, that 27-2 and two Murray State team or whatever, you know, gets bumped out by a 16-11 and 11 Michigan. Because the Big Ten strength of schedule is so good, right? Well, yep. you make it so hard that basically you're going unbeaten. You know, let's say eight or nine spots go to these two leagues. Yep. And yeah, and then you go, well, this is how we do it. And okay, well, you, you're 13 and 0 Clemson. Yeah, you're in. Sure. Notre yeah. Dame, you're in. Someone's got to be in, I guess. Yeah. The SEC doesn't want a just SEC Big Ten playoff. Well, if they did that, it risks Notre Dame jumping to the Big Ten. Exactly. That strengthens what would then be their mortal enemy because mm-hmm. it would now be down to mano a mano. Right. You don't want you don't want to force Notre Dame to go somewhere because they're not going to your place. No matter about your argument, you tried to make Dan Wetzel last week or earlier this week, whenever it was. Oh, come Notre on, Dame Notre in the Dame. SEC is a dream I will not give up on. <laughs> if if freaking Swim Swam could claim ESPN <laughs> is ripping up their ACC deal. I can say Notre Dame still has a a, a chance. If Listen, I will yeah, say this, SEC gets the, what it wants, man. It just means more. Yeah, yeah. The day Notre Dame gets off a charter in Starkville, I want you outside at the airport with a cowbell clanging that thing. I will. Yeah, I will. Jack Swarbrick may or may not have like a fifty pounds of country ham headed to his house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Notre Dame, SEC. Let's do this. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Well, you want to? You want to get weird? Let me okay. give you. Let me oh, give yeah, you. Let's get weird. Let's okay. Get weird. Let me give you a conspiracy theory <laughs> that was dropped on me by an influential pod listener. Uh oh. I mean, somebody. It's it's sometimes shocking and a little bit unnerving that responsible people and. People who are, have some import in college athletics listen to the pod, but they do. And sometimes they even like like the rooster murder stories and things like that. Sure, sure. But yeah, um, who doesn't like a good rooster murder? Anyway, this conspiracy, conspiracy theory that was, was dropped on me. And if it's true, Kevin Warren is a Jedi master Machiavellian like gangster to the nth degree. So here goes that. The reason the Big Ten, you know, just against all of our common sense thoughts, jumped into the alliance with the Pac-12 and the ACC and sided against playoff expansion 
was that it knew if playoff expansion went through, the Pac-12 is in a much better place. And so if they had their eyes on USC and UCLA from the jump, from very shortly after Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC, and the first calls are, okay, what do we do? How do we, what, what's our move? And the quick consensus is you go to LA and you get those schools. Okay, we can't do that right now, but that's going to be the play. How do we string this out? How do we play this along? Kevin Warren says, hey guys, listen to me. Let's, let, we can stop the SEC from this power play. And all along, he's thinking that's going to leave USC and UCLA unhappy and vulnerable when we're ready to get them. What do you think of that? I don't think they needed that. Well, maybe not. Possibly, okay, possibly, because look, it never made it like the Big Ten opposing the playoff plan didn't make any sense because it was like you're always getting like uh, whatever you're getting in. Yeah. Like what was the? I can't remember what their argument against it was. What were they? The Pac-12 was protecting the Rose Bowl. The ACC wanted a holistic approach, and I don't. I mean, uh, the, what did the Big Ten want? Were they the ones with the Didn't five they want automatic bids? Yeah, five automatic. Yeah, bids. I mean, that made no. The Big Ten champion, not right. One of the top it made no six. sense. So what was what were they thinking? Maybe it was this. Maybe, but they could. I think even if there was, well, if it's the TV move. All right, here's the thing. Even if there was an automatic bid in the in the Pac-12 right now, they could still get USC and UCLA. UCLA was broke, and yeah. USC they could still. I think you've confidently say I can get these guys because I have so much money. That 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 playoff bid certainly would be a plus because it's easy access to the playoff for the Pac-12, which wasn't getting it. But I don't know that that would overwhelm the money. It did, though, weaken significantly the Pac-12 post-USC-UCLA. So he'd almost have to be yeah. two or three chess pieces ahead. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Did Kevin Warren do that? I, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I, I think mean, he just bumbled into it and was like, man, these guys are idiots. <laughs> why, did, why, wait, why did we oppose this thing again? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that could well be the case. That could well. I just thought, I thought it was an interesting theory interesting. because I think so many people in college athletics have been sitting here wondering for a year plus, why did the Big Ten ever oppose a 12-team playoff? Why did any of them? I, I know. That's less red wedding and more like pouring mercury into their wine slowly over like a <laughs> two-year period. Mercury, <laughs> like just slowly. Yeah. This is that was uh, yeah, slow it's, poisoning. It's not the juvenile delinquent put paint in the baseball water cooler like yeah. in Kansas at the JUCO game. This is more the yes, the, the slow, the slow, slow, slow drip approach. I don't know. I don't. I, I, it's never made any sense why they all turned it down. No one ever yeah. had an answer. Not a good one. No one ever had an answer. I, the Big Ten to me made more sense because they just were like, yeah, whatever. We'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah, and, and we're mad at the SEC weird, right now. Yeah, yeah. Now they have more power. Mm -hmm. They have more power. But as long as they... The Big Ten is never under any threat unless Ohio State was willing to walk away from a $10 billion uh, research combination grant and go to the SEC for football. Other than that, I didn't see one school that mattered ever even dreaming of doing it. Right. You could, you could give the University of Michigan... $300 million a year in TV revenue and they'd be like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, they're, We're good. We're here. We're yeah. in the Big Ten. You know, like, eh. Well, like, they'd probably listen and then go, nah, this is us. That was it. But, uh, you know, it'd just be, uh, you know, and you go, well, you can compete better. Eh, that's, we're fine. We can barely beat Ohio State now every once in a while. 
you know, it's we're not getting into it. It's a good conspiracy theory, though. It's, you know, I figured the pod is always a welcome to a we're, good we, conspiracy we, theory. Yeah, we like conspiracy theories. I don't know. Can someone? T- I mean, apparently, it's just the truth. These guys didn't see it coming, no matter how many times they we warned them. I get, yeah, right. including many people who did, who listen to this podcast who should know better. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, right now, this is where we're at. I think it's it's treading water a little bit, and I yeah. don't think the Big 12, if I had to make a prediction now, last week I thought they'd go to the Big 20 conference conference, pizza pizza. <laughs> now I'm thinking they sit at 10. The Big 12 sits at 12 uh, once Oklahoma and Texas get out of there, and, and the, uh, the, big, the Big 10 sits where they're at. Notre Dame sits where they're at. Uh, maybe they work some ACC Pac-12 thing out that doesn't really matter to anybody. Everyone waits to see what the playoff is. We're back yeah. to where we were six months ago, only there's only two votes that matter now. <laughs> right. But until they figure out the postseason, it's kind of hard to predict this stuff. Right. No, they, that's, see, that's the thing. Once, I, you know, yes, I think we're in a bit of a lull right now. There's the, that huge earth-shaking move and now that the everything kind of calms down, and I think we have a little bit of a lull where people can more rationally assess their options, and I think you absolutely do have to wait and, and get a little better sense on the playoff. Uh, and as long as like as long as Notre Dame, as long as the next trigger is steady, then everybody else can wait, has will wait, and we'll see what the playoff looks like. Along these lines, pretty interesting. We finally have the commitment coming of Dante Moore, quarterback. Detroit, Michigan, King High School. Uh, he is, you know, top five quarterback, top 15 player, top to whatever you got him at. Sully, you watch Dante Moore play at the Elite 11. Does he, does Dante Moore fill the Sully scouting or did you see something that 43 other schools did not? I didn't see anything that 43 <laughs> schools did not. He's yeah. really, really good at the, the football. Yeah. I like the bit where it's like, Arch Manning is overhyped by his name. And I'm like, well, Nick Saban watched him play and said, I'll take him. Yeah. Desperately. Yeah. So maybe Kirby, I don't think it's not the name. Okay. Kirby some, Smart watched him play and then went to watch him play basketball. He wanted yeah. him. He yeah. knows They're not a- just doing it for the name or maybe right. they get on the Manning cast. All right. Dante Moore. Did he win the? Elite 11, or what was he? He was highly rated at Elite 11, though, right, Sully? Uh, yes, I can't remember the exact. He the was, uh, I know, SI, our recruiting guy, John Garcia, who does a great job, rated him as the best uh, passer there. Right. He is going to make his announcement. Now, Dante Moore has been all over the place. He's been great for us. Yeah. At one point, he was going to Notre Dame, but then that's not it. There was a Michigan State for in Michigan. We'll, we'll see if Michigan can battle back in there. He took visits to LSU. He took visit to Texas A&M. The consensus right now is he will choose Oregon on Friday, which is pretty interesting because as we've been mentioning, we don't know where the hell Oregon's going to be playing football in a couple of years. Oregon has a little uncertainty surrounding it. Yeah. Yet on July 5th, they landed Caleb Presley, a top 100 cornerback from uh, Seattle. He chose Oregon and now they could get Dante Moore a top 15 player nationally. Dan Lanning's like conference. Who cares? Conference yeah. small. Well, yeah. We're landing players. He could sit there and say, Hey, I'm going to a and M. They need a quarterback or he can go to the school. That's been his, what he calls his day one, which is Michigan, which at least until recently had not certainly not given up on. Him. 
So what, what's your thoughts on, I think the most likely, he has not talked much. He does not say much. He's not quite uh, Arch Manning. I mean, t- he, he puts pictures out there of him at these visits, but not a lot of like, uh, uh, you know, this is where I want to go or, or all of that. He's, he, he's, he's going to make his pick. So thoughts on Dante Moore on Friday. And uh, if he picks Oregon, is it just like none of this matters? <laughs> or going to be fine? And, and, or how, how big of a win-loss could this be for Michigan? Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. And we have, we've talked about him uh, a fair amount. I know at least one listener was lobbying for an emergency pod based on his commitment. I'm not sure we're ready to go that far, but we appreciate the enthusiasm. Friday pod, emer- Friday emergency pods in July will have to be reserved for true emergencies, I think. <laughs> um, but anyway, I... I uh, yeah, the reviews are all great. And I think at various times, I don't know how many different fan bases really thought he was going to be their guy. Notre Dame did for a while. Michigan, I think, did for a while. But now they, there is a real strong school of thought that Oregon is going to win the day there. And if they do, it is interesting. And, I, you know, there are times when those of us on the outside will infer so much other stuff to a, re- a commitment than, you know, than, than maybe the, the athletes themselves are. Uh, you know, went like, oh, that school's gonna, they're under NCAA investigation. Well, a lot of times the players don't care. They're gonna go on probation. Well, they don't care. In this case, we don't know where they're gonna play. Well, he might not care. Uh, because I think he's probably figuring, first of all, this would, the earliest Oregon would probably be going anywhere would be 2024, which is one year after he's been in school. If Oregon ends up cut loose from the Pac 12 and in a bad situation, guess what he could do? Transfer. That's, you know, very easy option. So, uh, you know, I think if he really he just digs everything about Oregon and Dan Lanning is, boy, has he gotten off to a very good start recruiting. And this would, this would be the, the centerpiece of a, a good recruiting class here. It would be huge for them. And, you know, I think just really big for the Oregon fan base, which is out there right now, I think, actively panicking about what's going to become of our program. Well, you're still going to get good players. And no matter what conference you're going to be in, that's probably the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, they have 10 commits only, which is not actually a bad number at this point, but it isn't, you know, Notre Dame, Ohio State have like 17, 18, but virtually everybody is a, is a, a four-star, the majority four-star is a bunch of top hundreds. Uh, and obviously you get the elite quarterback, you get the elite quarterback. And if you're able to still go in, go to the Midwest and and land a player like that, it says a great deal about what Oregon's got going right now. Uh, whether it's just the brand or the energy of Dan Lanning or a collective, whatever it is, they're they're firing on all cylinders, and that is a a big thing. But there is a little bit of funny the bit that it's like, hey, we'd like to go to the Big Ten's, like, hey, chill, Oregon, you're, we don't love you enough. And it's like, okay, we're going to take the best quarterback from your area. <laughs> yeah, you know that QB everybody in your league wanted, we got him. <laughs> yeah. Right. You Small don't want victory. us, we'll take your best guy. Small victory, but I think that's got to get the Ducks through the afternoon if they can land this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now. Oh, you- we're not that good, are we? Huh? Well, the kid's in Detroit. <laughs> kind of a Big Ten stronghold. <laughs> you guys ever heard of it? King High School? <laughs> so from that yeah, standpoint, now you live in Detroit or suburban Detroit. How big a hit is it for Michigan if you've lost CJ Carr and Dante Moore? It's a big hit. There's no question. I mean, it's a big hit. There, it's almost like they've. It's like people are expecting it, so they've kind of just already started to mourn the situation. Yeah. If indeed, look, Dante Moore, I, I can't like. Don't be. 
you, I don't know. Let's just, I'll put it this way. Most of the time, uh, a surprise in the last day of recruiting is a real big surprise. I don't know. Dante Moore doesn't say a whole lot. But yeah, uh, look, they come off beating Ohio State. They come off a playoff appearance. Uh, they got all this energy, all this momentum. They have eight commitments right now. Five four stars. I mean, it's not that much behind Oregon, but they don't get CJ Carr, their their grandson of a coach. That's okay. He doesn't want to be at Michigan. He's right there outside Ann Arbor. Now you're going to get the kid from Detroit that you've been after since eighth grade. Your head coach was a 15 year NFL quarterback. Everything should there should be a lot of juice on the Michigan recruiting. We talked about Cincinnati is like recruiting above. Cincinnati has 20 commitments. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're way now at the end of the day, Michigan will probably have a better recruiting class than Cincinnati. But for Cincinnati, this is a banner recruitment. Absolutely. Michigan's not getting any pop off of this. Right. You know, I, Harbaugh is a zombie Harbaugh, man. Like the guy knows how to coach and put a team together. I'm never going to sit there and be like, ah, he's doomed. No. Because uh, that's stupid because it, it tends to work. Right. But Notre Dame. They Notre Dame also has got they they have the top two players in Michigan in the class of 2024, and you're watching this kid walk to Oregon. You know it's a little more like well Notre Dame I kind of get it, but it's like he's gone. They're not aggressive enough with a collective, right? It, it, in the way the game's being played right now, Harbaugh said he'd prefer hey, come here, you'll make a fortune, and I think Dante Moore would, but I, I, whatever I don't know what Oregon is or isn't doing, but Michigan's not quite doing. It is aggressively. They are banking on the idea they will get Jaden Davis from Charlotte, who is a uh, top five quarterback in class of 2024. Okay. And maybe they will. But again, that's going to another someone else's backyard to recruit a quarterback is presumably harder than the two that were in your own backyard. So, yeah. And for just most a weird momentum, weird spot for Michigan. I would have thought they'd be popping right now. Maybe not the number one class in the country or whatever, but Notre Dame has it. Ohio, like, right now, Notre Dame's one, Ohio State's two, Michigan's 51 in rivals. You at least expect something positive to be going with them. Uh, Penn State's, uh, you know, other schools are doing well. They're not getting it yet. And there's certainly just a weird, weird lack of momentum, I guess I would put it. Yeah, recruiting. And, if such a thing exists. I mean, sure. And I, I I don't know whether Harbaugh's extended dalliance with the Vikings last year plays into any of this at all. And some thoughts or some concerns that he really I didn't help. You know, is is would would prefer to be in the NFL if he gets the chance. So I I don't know, but yeah, fifty first. You don't expect that, and there is still there's quite a ways to go till December. But what you've seen in a lot of places in these big spring visit periods you know when when you get a good bunch of guys on campus then they commit in clusters and that's where some of like notre dame's numbers have come from and cincinnati and some other places uh, michigan hadn't had that they haven't had a group come in and all say hey let's all be wolverines together and you know you you go shooting up the the recruiting rankings there so it is it is kind of quizzical that that uh, they they just have not seemed to capitalize on their best season in a long long time yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a fair, you know, a fair criticism or at least a question is why, why aren't they, why aren't they, I mean, that moment last year when they beat Ohio State and then the, just the, the destruction of Iowa and now no one really expects Michigan to just all of a sudden win the Big Ten five years in a row, but it was like, this was just this huge moment. 
Yeah. And these are the kids that watched it and it, and it hasn't panned out. And then again, you look at the class of 2024, CJ Carr, and then Brandon Davis Swain is a highly, highly regarded edge rusher. And he's going to Notre Dame from, from the state of Michigan. So we'll see, like I said, Harbaugh, uh, you know, he finds a way. Yeah, but man it is a weird way. <laughs> it's a, let's do, let's do satellite camps. Then let's not, yeah, right. Let's go to IMG Academy, and then let's not. <laughs> let's recruit Ohio, then let's not. Let's not eat chicken, but then let's eat chicken. Wasn't there something at some point a couple of weeks ago where there was supposed well, to be pictures yeah, of him Jim eating was, chicken? Jim Harbaugh was on vacation, and uh, someone in his family, I guess it was a daughter, was putting TikToks out there of uh, him as doing a dad vacation. There was a lot of dad life on this thing. <laughs> yeah. Sorting the passports, uh, <laughs> sitting poolside in full Michigan. Like he owns nothing but Michigan t-shirts and shorts. <laughs> and he was reading um, Yoast, a, a Fielding Yoast book. Yeah, Fielding Yoast <laughs> book. Like, you know, I, I don't like being recognized when I'm out with yeah. my family. Like, <laughs> right. maybe don't put the logo on your shoulder. Yeah, like... <laughs> But this included uh, during uh, during a stop at the airport, a layover. They they had video of him in front of a Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, like order board, like yeah. one of those like remote boards, and it appeared he was ordering chicken tenders. Now, mm. if back a few years ago, a Matt Hayes story described. Uh, Harbaugh having a conversation with his then quarterback, Wilton Spate. And uh, the quote in the story is Harbaugh pulled Spate aside and told him not to eat chicken, <laughs> a protein that is considered fairly safe by nutritionists. Yeah. When Spate asked why, Harbaugh said, quote, because it's a nervous bird. <laughs> End quote. Yes. And you so, become a nervous quarterback if you eat chicken, huh? Yeah. So. He was anti-chicken um, <laughs> for a long time, and he would only eat steak and drink whole milk. But then we have this video of it appears to be him ordering chicken tenders at the airport. Ergo, what is going on? But then we later see he is eating uh, corn on the cob. Ah. Okay, so he may have gotten, he, we don't know if he got it or not, at least on what I saw. Okay. Um, now the cord on the cob Which tends to be very soggy from KFC. I'm sorry. It's just, you know, overcooked, over buttered. Yeah, it's just been sitting in like water, a water jug all day. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Heavily liquided. Yeah, it, it is. But because this is Harbaugh and there's always a quote for something ridiculous, um, he was asked about. Uh, last year at Big Ten Media Day, part of this is just people ask dumbass questions that, to Jim Harbaugh to see what he'll say. Yeah, because you never know. He was asked about Joey Chestnut, the American <laughs> hero who can, you know, eats all the hot dogs. <laughs> First off, he said he, he said uh, he considers Joey Chestnut an athlete. Yeah. I mean, if you're a hot dog eating champion of the world and you ate the most hot dogs in 10 minutes of the world, would you consider that a sport? I think I would. <laughs> I would probably feel pretty good about myself if I could do that. That was Jim Harbaugh. Uh, someone asked, what food could he eat at Joey Chestnut's level? Mm -hmm. Going back to the thing, he said, I'd probably say corn on the cob. Oh, I go. really like corn on the cob. <laughs> uh, 
I, I, I'm always disappointed there's not another one to eat. Usually, <laughs> you got the pot there, and I hear there's another one in there. There's more? I'll eat that one, too. You know, I'm easily disappointed there's not a couple more. <laughs> so... He went to KFC and went hard on the corn on the cob, maybe. Maybe, or maybe he ate the nervous bird because he knew he was going on vacation. It didn't matter. He wasn't nervous. I don't know. He just ordered a family meal and just took all the corn to himself. All the corn. Could be. And you disperse the nervous bird to your children. But you maybe shouldn't you let them been. eat it. If you don't want your quarterback to eat it, you don't want your children to eat it either, do you? Maybe you should spend more time getting a collective going so he can get quarterbacks. <laughs> and less time... I mean, the weird world of, of, of Jim Harbaugh, you just don't know. No, no, you don't. That's that's fantastic. Well, so I, there was a uh, picture of him eating corn on the cob. Wade Boggs ate nothing but chicken every single day and was one of the best hitters we've ever seen in baseball. I never he didn't look nervous to me, but definitely maybe was, not nervous. Yeah, he would foul balls off all day long. Too. Oh, yeah. Wear the pitcher out. He mm. was Moneyball before Moneyball even knew what was going on. Right. Uh, yeah, chicken's good. I, you know, um, we're, we're pro chicken. This is a pro chicken podcast. Let's be pro clear. chicken around here. So anyway, uh, I don't think it'll be a corn on the cob night if Dante Moore heads to Oregon. Probably not. Probably, probably That's not. Somber steak night. Okay. Speaking of, would you eat it? Let's play a quick game of would you okay. eat it? Okay. Okay. Uh, this is the Indiana State Fair edition of would you eat it? Uh, it includes uh, this concoction that I think we've we've discussed kind of before. It's called the State Fair Mary. It is a it is a Bloody Mary knockoff. Oh yeah, you put everything in it. Yeah, twenty four ounce Bloody Mary. I mean, that's a big Bloody Mary right there. <laughs> it is topped with three skewers of fair food treats, like waffle fries, deep oh, fried no. cheese curds, no. deep fried mac and cheese, mini yeah. corn dogs, no. bacon, fried no. pickles, bacon, and a okay. barbecue pulled pork sandwich. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Because I, I, I would take a Bloody Mary with one-eighth of those things and be perfectly happy. I don't need all the rest of them. You take the picture for Instagram, you put everything aside, and then you drink your Bloody Mary. <laughs> okay, okay. You don't eat the stuff? Yeah, you of course I would eat it, but I'm sure your average <laughs> average Instagrammer doesn't. That's you gotta take it for the gram. You gotta get your picture take of the food. The gram. It's all it's a like lie. Bacon bits on the side of the thing. These are very salty. I would want water, not bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a sodium attack right there. <laughs> it is a sodium attack. So <laughs> Pat's a no, Sully is a yes. Yeah, I'm a no. Um, uh, finally, there's this one, uh, a pickle pizza. Mm -hmm. Homemade dough, oh, thanks, with dill ranch sauce topped with the mozzarella cheese, dill seasoning, and sliced dill pickles. I am an enthusiastic yes on that. Yep. That sounds really? great to me. Yes. I pickles are so here's one thing sour. I would like. I would want spicy pickles, though. I'd like one thing, yeah. you know, the kind of habanero seasoned pickles. Um, and then you're really cooking. But even without, even if it's just regular dill, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in favor. I think it sounds great. I love ranch on pizza too, so I'm I'm all the way yeah. so far in on this one. I'm a no. I like no. a pickle, but not on a pizza. Come on, oh, man. Come on. No, I'm no. You like olives on your pizza, like green olives? No, not much. Oh, okay. Well. Well, how about banana peppers? No. Jalapenos? Jalapenos? Yeah, I'll do those. 
Okay. See, a habanero pickle might as well be a jalapeno. Um, all right. And uh, let's wrap with this bitterness uh, of our college football loss gone just beautifully well. There is a, a movie coming out, Thor Love and Thunder, and it's based on a comic book. Uh, this is why I don't go see movies anymore. I never read comic books. And every movie is based on a comic <laughs> yeah, that, book. That's true. Yeah. We've, we've but, sufficiently, we really narrowed the scope of like movie material these days. I get the comic book guys have had their day, man. Whoo! They run the world now, and I had no idea. Uh, I would have probably no. been into the comic books if I had known. The writer of the comic book, Thor, Love and Thunder, is uh, Jason Aaron. And uh, uh, he wrote it in a uh, Alabama football fan. Just after the January 2nd, 2014 Sugar Bowl, when his Alabama Crimson Tide uh, got beat by Oklahoma 45 to 31. Mr. Aaron was a little bitter about this. So this is what he did. When I first took over Thor, the status quo was Asgard had descended to earth and was floating above Oklahoma. May not be a complete coincidence that Oklahoma had just trashed Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Around that same time, I destroyed the town of Broxton, Oklahoma. <laughs> So the writer of Thor, Love and Thunder, decided to have a town in Oklahoma destroyed in this popular comic book, all because the Sooners had defeated his Crimson Tide. That is high-level fandom. Right Roll there. Tide. <laughs> Quote, it served the story, but I can't say I didn't take some joy from enacting some fictional revenge on the state of Oklahoma. I will say this, much better to enact <coughs> fictional revenge than Harvey Updike revenge. It's very true. Don't go actually kill anything or anyone in the state of Oklahoma. USA Today did a great job with this story, but uh, I saw, I was at the, this was my first Hollywood premiere. Uh, I was rocked the red carpet. It was super fun to see this movie. Really? Yeah, it was awesome. Not that. Um, but there, there is no mention of the 2014 Sugar Bowl in, in Thor Love and Thunder, the movie. So I, I hate to Did a town in Oklahoma get destroyed. Uh, I can't. I can't. Spoiler. I hey. All right. Spoiler warning now. Huh? Yeah. They cut. Well, they cut that out. Oklahoma at least in the, can't trust Hollywood. Can't trust it. Well, it's uh, unincorporated community in Caddo County, Oklahoma, originally intended to form an actual town with 50 town lots. But apparently they didn't get around to it. Yeah. It looks like Asgard <laughs> is built on like a cliff side in Maine. Instead of Oklahoma, I think they've the Hollywood kind of upped up the the production value a little bit. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I got to tell you, that's too much Bama in you. I just got too much Bama. In you. <laughs> it's a lot of Bama in him, but again, I, I'd much rather him have uh, an act revenge, comic book wise than. Uh, yeah, this is right. well, this I is good this petty. Up. This is good petty, and now we have a little like maybe. At when Alabama and Oklahoma play in the SEC, we could have the Thor Love and Thunder game, like a trophy. <laughs> Something like we, we need go. some trophies. We got to get the I, trophies. Yeah, yeah, you could no, you could play for the for yeah the hammer the Thor hammer. Yeah, you could what play Thor hammer. There you go. Something you could play like for the Thor hammer. Yeah, I like it. I like it. We need to keep a running list of potential uh, trophy games. Yeah, when what they would play for. We need that Joe Buck game, right? Was that yeah? Oh yeah, Penn State Purdue. Is that it? I think it was. Penn State-Purdue is the Joe Buck game. 
They traded Joe Buck for the rights to broadcast that game. Yeah. Anyway, we need more trophies. Let's let's get back to the good parts of college football. Yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to angry and happy fans over a recruiting win. Anything's yep. better than what we're going through now. North Carolina, Tennessee could play for like a moonshine jug. Sure. You know, if that happens. Absolutely. Yeah. If sw- if swim swam is right in North Carolina's swim swam. It's gonna be it's gonna be an embarrassing pod next week when we bow to swim swam. <laughs> we can get Braden Keith on the pod. He would come on. I, I, no, I'm not gonna let someone come on and laugh at me. It's bad enough that all the <laughs> listeners do. Sensitive, Pat. Yeah, it's very, very sensitive. I'm sure. Sensitive. Yeah. I have feelings. I have mm. feelings. Buried somewhere beneath that flinty exterior, there are feelings. I feel. Huh? I feel. Okay. All right. Well, best way to keep in touch with us is to continue to subscribe to the podcast and share it on social media and tell your friends and all those things. Yeah. Re- uh, listenership way up in July here. We're booming. Big July. Big July so far. We appreciate everyone. Stick with us. It's, good. it's just getting wilder. Uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy your weekend. If there is an emergency pod, we're not doing one for Dante Moore. <laughs> unless he is the one that can get Oregon into the Big Ten. <laughs> Maybe he's going to make the announcement. I'm going to play in the Big Ten, and everyone's going to go, oh, he's going to go for Oregon. (laughs) That would be a good announcement. We would emergency pod that. We'll emergency pod that. Uh, Other than that, we'll talk to you next week. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.